0: It's Boomer and Geo on The Fan and the CBS Sports Network. And we're totally alive for the Bill Top Studio, Boomer and Greg Giannotti. It's Boomer and Geo on The Fan, silo across the country on CBS Sports Network. And review on the free Odyssey app. You can feel it in the air as we get closer and closer to Giants and Eagles on Saturday at night in a divisional playoff round. I am now over it. You said, when are you going to get over this loss? I am now over it for the time being. It will haunt me for the rest of my life, but I am over it as far as personally in this week, and I am feeling the energy around town and seeing all the Giants jerseys everywhere and excited for this football game on Saturday night. So, of course, today and tomorrow, we're going to get you all fired up for it if you aren't already and get you even more fired up for it if you are. And then some more Jets news yesterday as they go out and get the dumbest man in football and interview him for their offensive coordinator dumbest job. man in, football. in Nathaniel Hackett, oh, yes, a no, guy no, no, who, that's not, that's not, right, on, that's not right. That's not right. Dumbest man in football. That. All right, maybe the second dumbest man in football, only behind Ed Donatel. Good <laughs> morning, Boomer. How are you?
1: And that, that is a really unkind way of looking at things. I mean, some guys are not uh, cut out to be head coaches. Yeah, we've seen that time and again, over and over and over again, and other guys seem to seamlessly step right in and do a great job and unfortunately for nathaniel hackett who does have a very good resume as an offensive coach and an offensive play caller and things of that nature you know he's not he may be like one of the worst coaches when it comes to being a head coach and it's not for everybody and by the way he was also handed a very difficult Situation with a quarterback that had signed a massive extension that you know
0: he had never met before, never been around before. I don't. Yeah, but that quarterback also played the worst football of his life, and things got a lot better as you told me. Uh, when the interim head coach got in there because he changed almost everything that they were doing as far as preparation, and they actually looked like they had a pulse the last couple of weeks of the season. Yeah, well,
1: you know, what he did is he reconfigured the way the coaches were going to coach the game. The quarterback coach was going to be on the field. The offensive coordinator was going to be up in the booth. That was a flip, uh, and they also put pads on in practice. Now, they can only put pads on in practice so many times during the year, believe it or not. And you got to be really, really careful as a coach when you ask your players to do that because if you're doing it and you're breaking a union rule or a CBA rule, I should say. You're going to get reported on that, and you're going to get fined. So there's there's also that dynamic that was going in there as well. Plus, he was one of these newfangled coaches who obviously did not connect with a lot of his players.
0: Yes, and very quickly, by the way, because, of course, this was not even a one-and-done. It was a 75% of a season-and-done for Nathaniel Hack, and He also went through an ownership change there, which is another big reason why they weren't going to tolerate it. Because it's like, listen, we, this guy is, is not cutting it, and we have the money to go out and maybe get get a better coach right away. No, it was it, week one it was week one at Seattle.
1: That's yeah, where it all happened. Sure. You know, they they he held the ball for like some ridiculous field goal attempt to try to win a game and did not put the ball in the hands of his, you know, 250 million dollar new quarterback and you remember that whole thing politically, Russell was playing it in the media and everybody was playing it in the media. When in actuality I think he was he was trying to protect
0: his quarterback, is what I think he was trying to do. And it ultimately backfired on him. Yeah, that's right. I mean it was right off the bat, Russell Wilson against the Seahawks. Nathaniel Hackett, right after the week one game was being criticized, and it didn't stop until He lost his job later in the season. Now, as far as the Jets go, I mean, already we're hearing it again. Well, if Nathaniel Hackett gets hired as the Jets' offensive coordinator, then that means that they're going after Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers is a possibility. Well, that's what the Broncos thought, too, and it didn't end up happening, and Aaron Rodgers went back to the Green Bay Packers, and they ended up with a washed-up Russell Wilson on a horrible contract. So I wouldn't be so (laughs) sure... That Aaron Rodgers is going to go running to the New York Jets yeah. to finish his career because Donkey Nathaniel Hackett decided to move into Florida right. Do right, right. we have to call everybody names this morning? Yes, yes there's coaches I that, mean, that just drive were, me nuts. I, I know, but I thought you Coaches were, uh, that drive me nuts. You started off the show and by saying... incestuous league where these guys get opportunities over and over again, sons of coaches, it just drives me nuts. And there's these people that just get recycled and chewed in and spit out, and then they're just hanging around forever, and they got no business still coaching. That's the stuff that drives me crazy. Nathaniel has it was exposed as a guy who got on the back of Secretariat. And then when he got off Secretariat, he was below average. That's what happened. Below average. Below average. Right, okay.
1: So, but, you know, now he's trying to start his career back over again. And, again, I would say that this would be a very tough spot for him to do that, given the quarterback situation right now. And uh, whatever the Jets are going to do at that position, I mean, I... I at this point, I, I'm about as confused as everybody else is around here, just trying to figure out where they're going to go and what they're going to
0: try to do here. Yeah, I mean, wasn't it enough to have his father around here for those three years or four years? I know. It's just Paul Hackett. Is. I mean, now you got to go and get Nathaniel
1: Hackett in here. I mean, Guys, I there, You know, that comes to all the Mike Shanahan stuff. You know, it's that whole West Coast offense and, and how it has uh, evolved over the years. It's, you know, it's a, I think there's a, comfort level for rob solid you know knowing nathaniel knowing the background and having connections within that world that group of people that group of men that you know have turned out to be really good head coaches yeah and so that that's where they're plucking from at least that's where they're looking into they're not really looking i i don't think and i don't feel like they're looking outside uh of, of that particular kind of lineage of, of coaches.
0: Yeah, I mean, the longer this goes on, the more I'm sure they're sitting around going, oh, maybe we should have kept Mike LaFleur around a little bit longer because Daryl Bevel, which was one of the top targets that we had heard of going into this thing, rejected a chance to interview for the Jets because he said, no, thank you. No,
1: thank All you right. is right. It's not, it's not an easy job. And anybody that steps into that job right now, <laughs> the realities of the league, and I'm, I'm not... I'm just pointing out what past situations have turned out to be. When you fire a coordinator on either side of the ball, right in the middle of the the, the head coach's you know career, like his, what did he sign a five year deal. Yeah. So we're right in the middle of uh, you know of Rob Sala's career, and you start firing coaches in the middle of that. You know your your chances of overall success moving on that is very slim, very slim. Somebody who may take this job may end up finding themselves blown out of here next year if they if they get off to a bad start or things start spiraling uh, you know, sideways or going sideways, I should say.
0: Yeah, now if you're not going to go get Lamar Jackson and pair him up with a <clears throat> with an offensive coordinator that, that fits him perfectly, which is still something I think is a possibility for the Jets, and we'll see how that plays out over the offseason, then I think the best thing that you can do, even though it puts tremendous pressure on Rob Sala, but he's got tremendous pressure on him anyway uh, going into this season— is bringing in Frank Reich, making him the offensive coordinator and assistant head coach because that, that <laughs> solves so many things. That's what it does. Assistant head coach, yeah, Okay. assistant head coach, offensive coordinator. I know you would hate that. I know oh. you would absolutely hate it, oh, but it it provides that <laughs> calming voice and experience and offensive mind that the Jets need all wrapped into one. Now, he's not going to come here and be Mike LaFleur's replacement. You know, that's not something that Frank Reich's interested in, but he'd come here if he was going to be you, assistant you, you, head I, coach. Time, a timeout. He's not oh, going to be just an on, offensive coordinator. I'll I'll tell you that much. Hold on. Guy deserves a head coaching job. Hey, pump the brakes there.
1: Uh, (laughs) Man, just take it easy, all right? Well, I know you're throwing all these things out there at me, and this is my buddy you're talking about, and I'm like- All I'm doing is praising him. I I know you are. I
0: understand that. But you don't know what he wants. I'm guessing. He wants to be a head coach. That's what I just said. I said he deserves to be a head coach. But if that opportunity doesn't arise, then the second best thing- is to be an assistant head coach with a guy whose head is in the the, the vice right now, and uh, go in and try to save the Jets' offense. Oh come on, that's what I would do. Yeah, okay. Let's slip right in there and be like, <laughs> this guy's an idiot. I'm going to take over next year. <laughs> it's not. They're not going. <laughs> hey, number one, that's not
1: who Frank is. That's not how Frank operates. All right. Frank. So if he's you not... know you know that, how I many know. times have I told you
0: that? Right. I know. So that even makes my point further because he would not be the guy that you'd really feel like is going to threaten. You or gun for your job, he's not going to be the you know the shiv master, the shankopotamus that that's right. Brian Williams not, that's, was that's, that's it's not who he is, so that's that, right. so that's another reason why it would, it would make sense. I mean, who are you bringing in now? Like, to me, Nathaniel Hackett, unless Aaron Rodgers is coming, and that's just for Aaron Rodgers to be comfortable, not because Nathaniel Hackett gets the best at Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, so that, that mm-hmm. to me doesn't matter unless he's coming. And that helps him. Then Nathaniel Hackett to me is a bad hire. We I get think what out we there. do
1: is we, you know, we get we get Aaron Rodgers here, then he can come on with us on Wednesdays huh. <laughs> or Tuesdays, right? He I would guess.
0: at this point. He would. He would you be, think he would. Uh, he do, he does interviews all over the place, man. He did like you know three hours with Bill Maher, sit there drinking cognac and talking about all the other stuff that he does. So he he would definitely do it. Aaron Rodgers would be we could a— drink
1: uh, tequila.
0: We could. We that would be great. But I I still don't think he'd come to the Jets. But anyway, the, the point is that Nathaniel Hackett, the only reason you would hire Nathaniel Hackett as the offensive coordinator, is if it brings Aaron Rodgers and that to me is not a possibility. So where are you going now? Daryl Bevel doesn't want the job. I mean, where honestly, who who is the guy that's gonna be that much better than Mike LaFleur as we sit here now with
1: these candidates? So the thing the really what it comes down to is like what kind of contract would the Jets offer somebody, I would imagine. And the thing about it is is that <laughs> Most of the guys that would even consider this. Now, by the way, Nathaniel Hackett has more than enough money. He doesn't have to coach this year. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. G- but you he would do p- the whole thing that Cliff Kingsbury's yeah, doing. Yeah, but he, but he's a young guy, and you know what? He probably wants to stay in the league, and he, and he feels like the insecurity that comes along with being a coach in this league is like, you know, if I get an opportunity, I got to take it because I got to stay in the mix. Yeah. So, I, uh, you know, I he doesn't have to take the job. Just like I was saying, Frank doesn't have to take any job that he doesn't want to right now.
0: Yeah, I mean and I it's, for me, I always think that it'd be a good thing to take a year off like Doug, Doug Peterson. Peterson did. Yeah, yeah went, I mean, and waited and look at what he got. Exactly. And I think that Doug Peterson And Frank Reich, with the history that they have. I'm sure Frank's paying attention to that situation and how it worked out. Look, Frank could probably go get a job with the
1: Philadelphia Eagles and Nick Siriani. Really, really good friends. He and Doug Peterson are great friends. I mean, there's not like there's a a lack of opportunity for Frank. No, (laughs) I know. It's a million things that he could do if he wants to. I
0: I agree, but I mean, uh, just like I said yesterday with Lamar Jackson, if I'm the Jets, I'm going top notch in every regard at this point. Top notch. Top notch in every regard. Top notch uh, available quarterback, Lamar Jackson. If you can't do that, I'm a top-notch coach. I'm not messing around with some of this nonsense. So, all right, the four candidates that they have talked to so far with the Jets and their OC search, and this is from Rich Semini and also Diana Rossini of ESPN. So Rich Semini uh, tweets out, all right, Marcus Brady. You familiar with Marcus Brady? Yeah, Frank had to fire Marcus Brady in Indianapolis this year. All right. that
1: was not, it was, he didn't want to do it, but, again, he was pressured to do it. Yeah, so
0: former Colts offensive coordinator Marcus Brady is one of those guys. All right, so Daryl Bevel was on that list, but he turned down the interview, all right? So that's that. Now, this one to me is just on the surface. I don't know this guy, but on the surface, Nick Cayley, the Patriots tight ends coach. Now, they had a miserable time in New England trying to figure out offense because they hired two guys there, Bill Belichick did, that really didn't have a ton of offensive you experience. Know, there's
1: got to be a connection there somewhere. Somebody has a connection, somebody in the front office. I don't know if Rob Sala knows him, but I mean the last thing I would do was, was hire anybody off of that staff because we've seen how that has gone both at the head coaching position and when, when those guys go and leave and go somewhere else. Right. Okay. It doesn't really work out so well. So there's
0: two more guys, and they're both from the Philadelphia Eagles. Kevin Petullo, who is the Eagles passing game coordinator. I can already hear it now. Fire Petullo. Get Petullo out of (laughs) here. Who's this Petullo? I mean, bro, you bring in Petullo. I mean, freaking you can put Petullo, bro. All right, so that's him. And then uh, Eagles quarterback coach Brian Johnson. As well, both guys from the Eagles. So those are the those are the guys that they have spoken so to. So basically, the guys that they're talking
1: to about the Eagles, you know, that's Nick Sirianni's offense, that's Frank's offense. That's yeah, you know, that's what
0: that is. Sure. And of course, uh, yeah, but they
1: also have Jalen Hurts. They also have AJ Brown. They also, yep, yeah. yeah. you know, have Devonta uh, Devonte Smith. I mean, yeah. you know, it's not yeah. like they don't have guys that are out there
0: running around making plays. Exactly. So and then of course Nathaniel Hackett on that on that list as well. So it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't really blow you away. Yeah. I mean and. If you now you've got uh, several, we've no quarterback here right now. And the question that I would have, yeah, would be uh,
1: if I, if they were interviewing me for the job. Yep, I'd say, okay, who's the quarterback? What what are your expectations? They probably don't even and know the, the answer. And the question to them, I would imagine, is, what do you think of our quarterback? What do you think of Zach Wilson? Do you think he has something? Do you think you can get it out of him? Do you think he'll be he's uh, you know can be a player in this league? I'm sure those are all the types of questions that
0: are being asked to the perspective ocs here saying this is what i think would go on with those answers so a guy like daryl bevel is probably like no way all right <laughs> i've gone i've been an interim head coach i've been a coordinator for a very long time i'm not going and pinning my future to zach wilson i could stay right here and be okay someone who is a tight ends coach a quarterback coach whatever who wants to work his way up the ladder make more money get his name out there that person is probably like, yeah 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 i can fix him. I can do it. This is the opportunity I want. Finally, I can be an offensive coordinator. So I think, depending on who you're talking to, you're going to get a different answer. Yeah, this was the offensive coordinator
1: Darrell Bevel, Bevel was for the Seattle Seahawks, and you remember, you know, that whole thing that went down with Russell Wilson and the Super Bowl, Yeah, and Marshawn Lynch, Marshawn Lynch, and all Lynch, that happened. Yep. And you know he was he was there for a while and actually had a lot of success with Russell Wilson and basically one play the interception by Malcolm Butler basically ruined the whole thing.
0: Yeah, no Darren Bevel would have been a good hire. I mean he's got that's the type he's got got the he's got the history and the resume. Right, absolutely, and that's what the Jets need. They need an experienced offensive mind on this staff. So if you're going to replace Mike LaFleur, who had put in this offense and was doing the things that they wanted to do offensively, occasionally with quarterbacks that were competent, and replace him with someone else's tight end coach, or quarterback coach, or passing game coordinator, I don't think you're doing a good enough job. It's, it's got to be a really hard job to fill it with the guy that you want to fill it,
1: simply because I don't know if the guy coming in that is doing the interview would want to, coach a quarterback less team right
0: now yeah i mean i want to know exactly what the plan is like who am i coaching right i mean and if joe douglas is given the answer like well you know we could be zach depending on what happens we're going to make a run at lamar jackson but i don't know if he's going to come here i mean that's not that's an uncertainty that a coach doesn't want to hear right and that's exactly right especially coaches that are former
1: head coaches that have you know, three or four years left in their contracts that are being paid
0: by their initial teams. And you've got another job out on the West Coast that any qualified candidate, if it has a choice between the Jets and the Chargers, is going to go to the Chargers because of Justin Herbert. 100%. And, and I'm sure Brandon Staley, from
1: a coaching perspective, is probably a joy to work with, I'm sure. I'm sure he's a very good uh, guy to work with, even though it didn't work out well for him and he makes some goofy decisions. But it, it just goes to show you that the Spanos family does like him. The, the players do like him. The general manager likes him out there. And uh, now the question is, you know, that would be a job that if, boy, if it were open and I was looking to get a OC job, that would be the one that I want. Because I would think that would be the one that you could actually create an, a head coaching job opportunity for yourself out of the success of that.